So this week, apparently, Loki is a buddy cop show. And Loki and Mobius are working together to save the day and then ride off into the sunset aboard a sweet jet ski, salads in hand. Welcome to the MCU Pod, a companion podcast to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm your host, Grant Davis. Alongside me is my co-host, Mike Garcia. Hey, what's up, Grant? I'm back. I think it's going to be a... I think it's going to be a tradition that I miss like either every series premiere or every series finale. No. Man. And then like a few episodes in between, I think. We we need your thoughts. We value your thoughts. You need to you need to get on here. I appreciate um, that. Looks like we well, got a somebody else jumping in. We do have a lurker. Boom. Look at that. Uh we have two guests with us. Uh first up, uh, you know, you know this guy right down here. Uh, it's it's Will Cardini, Indie Comics darling. Hey, everybody. Hey, Glad to be well, here. Yeah, thanks for joining us again. And uh, we're also joined by our, our buddy and fellow co-host of Star Trek Discovery Pod, Mr. Clyde Haynes. Live long and prosper. Oh, wait, wrong pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we say M- MCU later. <laughs> we we say hot wake, my friend. All right. Yeah, we do say hot quakes as well. Oh, did you just say hot quakes? We don't okay. do that signal anymore. Wait, but wait, have wait, a second, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. So okay. for the MCU pod, you guys yeah. have that. And then on Star Trek, we have a like shirtless Riker. Uh-huh. Hot I, I, I feel no. Nope. Hot we gotta change that hot up. Quakes. I, the hot quakes is much hotter than the hot freaks. <laughs> we got we got, we got themes though. Um, before we go ahead and get into everything, we of course are going to be talking about episode two tonight of Loki. Uh, I think it's only six episodes in the season. Oh no! Uh, and it's it, okay because these are longer, long episodes. They are nice and long. Yeah. I, I can't complain there. If they want to take this very British route and only give us six episodes. At least make them long, make them chunky. Um, before we jump into all that, if you guys are watching us live, we do a live podcast uh, every Friday, every, tent- tentatively, every Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time over on youtube.com slash MCU pod. But we did want to say that since Loki has moved their schedule to being on um, Wednesdays, we might just go ahead and move next week's show to be also Wednesday night. I, I hope that doesn't lose us all of our, our listeners. I hope that some of you guys can still kind of stick around. And if you can't, you can always just check out the video later. We'll have uh, fresher, we fresher hot quakes. Yeah, yeah. We want to be able to have that discussion right after being able to see the episode. So try and tune in next week at Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time here at youtube.com slash Pod. And if you're here and you've never done this yet, Go ahead and hit that subscribe button right there at the bottom. It only takes you a little second. You can also hit that little bell icon. That's a notification. So anytime we go live, you're alerted. We usually just do this once a week, but sometimes I'll do a little side episode here or there when I have crazy theories. I got to get out of my brain and make everyone go, what the hell are you talking about? Um, Other things you guys can do to help support this podcast. You can rate and review us over on Apple Give us that five-star rating, write a little review. That helps us out and gains us a little bit of visibility. You can also support this podcast over at patreon.com slash mcupod. There you can make a per-month donation. So, uh, you know, 
not too much, not too much break in the bank, but we have plenty of tiers for what group, uh, Marvel group you want to join. So if you want to be a, a West Coast Avenger, I think it's $1 a month. If you want to be a Revenger, two bucks a month. Fantastic Four, $4 a month. Um, I, I don't remember what the other ones are. I think there's uh, the Avengers and uh, there's um, like, I, uh, I, I don't remember what they are. You can go check them out. We appreciate all the support. Patreon.com slash MCU pod. I think that's it. Let's go ahead and just dive into this episode. Um, this week's episode is called The Variant. It is the second episode. And once again, directed by uh, Kate Heron. The episode synopsis for this is Mobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at TVA is thrilled about the God of Mischief's presence. <laughs> I love IMDb's boring fucking write-ups. Um, every week we like to do a little segment we call Step Judgments. Go ahead and start things off with Clyde. Clyde, uh, you weren't here last week. In fact, all three of you weren't here last week to talk about Loki's first episode as well. So give me your impression of both this week's episode and last week's of Loki overall. You know, I like it. Um, I didn't think I was going to like it when I think about the fact that this isn't a character when I watch Avengers that I'm like, okay, well, where's the Loki moment? Um, I wasn't quite sure how I was going to feel about it, but it's got this buddy cop kind of feel to it. And so it's fun. Um, I, in all Marvel stuff, you want to see a few more powers, but it, it's still kind of working for me. Um, I was reading a Black Panther anthology recently, and they talk about how when the movies come out, you have all this literature that comes around that focuses on the things that go on around the movie and the, the other characters. And I'm feeling like I'm getting some of this, right? You've got this incredible actor and now I'm getting this deep dive into his perspective and what happens around the Avengers and after the Avengers movies that this was actually pretty interesting. So, so far I'm, I'm kind of hooked. Um, I thought this episode was, was interesting and like everything else so far in the Disney Marvel tv format it ends and i'm like ah like I, I like i felt like i needed 10 more minutes all right um will you want to go ahead and uh, jump in give us your snap judgment sure so this is probably my favorite of the marvel definitely my favorite of the marvel tv shows uh and up there in terms of the movies i love weird sci-fi stuff i love time travel i love thinking about convoluted time loops and like, you know, uh, primer uh, movies like that. And then I also really like the aesthetic of the TVA because it reminds me of Brazil, which is a really great Terry Gilliam movie uh, about like a dystopian bureaucratic future. And I love that they're playing off that vibe. All right. Um, Mike. What yeah, I, I'm digging to show a lot. Um, we're still pretty early in the season, episode two, but I, I've always been a huge fan of the Loki character in the MCU um, because he's not only is Tom Hiddleston super charming as the character, but Loki is the the most tricksy and the most trolly 
um, character. And there are whole plot lines where you don't know what he's going to do. And then uh, the, the little things he does to trick the characters on screen take the movie in a completely different direction. And I think this show has that spirit. I think this show is being tricksy and trolly with us. And I think we're going to watch the entire season and have to go back and watch it from the beginning because there's going to be tons of stuff. And I know you can do this with a lot of Marvel stuff. But there's going to be tons of stuff we didn't catch that was right in front of our faces where we thought it was going right, but it went left. Um, and I, I appreciate that because not only is it doing that, but it's also honor, honoring the Loki spirit where Loki is just fun and entertaining. So it's not just resting its laurels on that. But with this episode, we'll get into a couple of my theories. But um, with this episode, I think the the writers and the show creators are really honoring that, that Trixie Loki spirit by uh, putting some stuff in the text that is very, uh, I don't know, I want to say just, just kind of meta and, and pretty wild, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's a good call. You, you said something similar about WandaVision. I think you're also dead on about like how rewarding the rewatch is, especially in, in the context of knowing later on what's going on with her, what's going on with that world she's constructing and why certain elements are in place, especially like um, looking back at, at all the actions that like Agnes is taking throughout the, the series. Right. Um, and yeah, there's, there's something definitely more sinister going on behind the scenes of this um, kind of 1960s esque uh boring corporate TVA office life. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely watching this and going, this is, there is something rotten in this. And it, it, it also kind of reminds me of, um, oh man, what was that movie? Uh, what's the horror movie that had uh, Thor in it? And they're in the, Cabin in the Woods. It's called Cabin, Cabin in, the in the Woods. Yeah. Uh, but all of the the corporate stuff that's going on with um, yeah. the, the other guys, it reminds me a little bit of that where yeah. oh, they're just kind of jokey and playing around. But something evil is going on. And it, it feels like Owen Wilson might kind of know about it or it, it feels like there's definitely it. like maybe the Owen Wilson character. Or there's someone else in the show that knows a lot more than they're letting on. And that is pulling some strings that we don't necessarily have confirmation yet. But another part of the fun Trixie meta thing this show is doing, like in this episode, which I thought was really good, um, there's the whole kind of explanation of the um, the timekeepers. Mm -hmm. And Loki is like, what the hell are they doing? Where are they? And it's, well, the timekeepers are really busy because while we're here and we're resolving different time strands, and, and uniting the timeline and, and making the timeline, cleaning the timeline. What they're doing is they're at the end of it and they're pulling in all the different threads and they're right. trying to figure out how to end it. And is that not an explanation of a writer's room that is in crisis trying to come up with an ending that the fans and the critics and everyone else watching the show won't go, ah, they kind of didn't stick the landing. So eh, this show's so-so. Because that's kind of what we've all been doing with the last few Marvel TV shows. And it's kind of what us as critics and fans have been doing for like great TV shows for, for forever. Mike, um, what are yeah. you talking about? Marvel fans never criticize the end of shows, like ever. 
<laughs> I like to direct you to episode uh, ten of this podcast, my friend. <laughs> um, I did want to hit on a few of the snap judgments of you, the viewing audience. Uh, Will Morris says, uh, "IMDb's write-up wasn't the only thing boring about this episode." And whoa, dude! He said, "Snap judgments, not hot quakes." <laughs> Ah, so good. <laughs> but uh, that's a little feisty there, Will. I, I get it. There was some times here where, like, it seemed like there was a lot of a, there was some repilot stuff here, right? At the beginning, mm. Loki's, like, learning about the Time Authority again. There's so more we exposition. Can, there's yeah. more exposition, yeah. so we can learn about it. Although it's fun because it's Tom Hiddleston, and he's trying to assault uh, a cartoon character. That's fun to watch. But it's also, like, oh, it's exposition. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate it because... There's a there's a lot of shows that that don't ever try to tackle something as heady as this. Yeah. And this is this is going for this is going to be complex and we're trying to thread that needle of of appeasing people that can just take um crazy timeline stuff and run with it and and another audience who's like I'm going to need you to hold my hand a little bit through this because this is crazy. <laughs> uh I you know, I, I thought it was interesting when you compare it to WandaVision, right? So in WandaVision, the first few episodes, you're like, if, if you're not deep into kind of the comic book lore, you're looking and going, I don't understand what the hell's going on. Like, I'm Even if you are confused. deep into it, you're right. like, what is happening? So this is a different take where they come in and they go, we're going to hold your hands a little bit and we're going to try and explain, explain it to you. They're going to come back and explain it to you again and so that you can kind of follow along as the timeline blows up and you so you understand why that's important so right. I, I kind of sort of appreciated it but it did kind of get started a little slow uh nicole jackson says it's not my favorite so far but it's good entertainment i says i don't think the fight scenes are that well done and the female loki reveal was pretty underwhelming uh, Kern says, love the Loki-Mobius relationship. I did have high expectations for Owen Wilson, but I've been pleasantly surprised. Can't wait to see the next episode and see what Lady Loki has done. Um, yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and start, start there. Um, we're going to start at the end. We get a, a reveal that, at least on this show, um, we, we were already speculating about this last week. Um, last week, in the the pilot episode you there's the scene where they're they're showing the file for loki and gender is li listed as fluid um it's it's known that loki is not only a shapeshifter he he um they change gender as um i i guess they want uh within their own universe or there there's multiple versions of loki and we even see that kind of that that cool scene with the little holograph where they're flipping through different versions of of the Loki and you see the, the big old muscle bound one and like uh, these kind of weird different alt versions of Loki. Um, what did you guys feel about the, the reveal? Um, Mike, what do you think? Um, I think I've seen the actor before. Remind me who the actor is. Um, I, think... I don't have it pulled up, but yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I've seen her before in something, I don't know, but she seems to be able to, in the, in the little uh, reveal that we got of her uh, in this in this episode, she seems she can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Tom Hiddleston really well. 
she has that presence, right? So mm -hmm. I think um, I think in terms of like setting up something that is going to make me anticipate Lady Loki's return, that worked. And I'm I'm kind of confused about like um, how the variant thing works. You know, like uh, like what happened in in one timeline that made you know, Loki present as female and not male. Is it just regular Tom Hiddleston Loki projecting himself in female form? Or did Odin find Loki as a ice baby or whatever he was and decide I'm going to create a daughter instead? Like, so, what do you guys think about that? I don't think it's like multiple universe. It's not like a multiverse. And these are variants from different multiverses. It's our timeline. And then there's like little branches that go off and are different, right? So maybe yeah. this Loki can change is a shapeshifter. Loki mm -hmm. can turn into a woman. Loki can turn into a female horse. Loki can turn into a monster. So this Loki was a woman and something happened to where she did something that she wasn't supposed to do, right? And then they tried to get her and she escaped. I, that's my take on it, at least. Hmm. My understanding, and, and I'm not as familiar with the comic itself, but uh, uh, the comics versions, but I, I believe that there is a uh, a version in the story from Ragnarok, and correct me in the comments if any of you are more familiar with this, where there is a character named Sylvie, um, who is a human that somehow ends up getting Asgardian powers and essentially kind of becomes she becomes this this new version of of loki a, a female loki and so some people are speculating that this not, might not be a um a, a female version of of loki along the timeline so much as it's this other person who ha uh, also possesses a lot of the the same powers and characteristics oh so it's it's a loki but not our loki at a different version it's somebody who like like a copycat killer Loki, kind of. It could be okay. that, or, or it could be this is just a, a different version of Loki who decides to present themselves. Yeah, Being it's awesome. a Sophia Di Martino yeah. is the actor, and she was in uh, that movie yesterday, where the guy invents all the Beatles songs. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I, okay. I, yeah. I'm gonna say that I'm going with the idea that this is not Loki, but it's kind of a Loki. I, I don't know. It's, it's in part just a gut feeling. But there was just something that one felt a little bit different, unique as they interacted. But also the let me fight myself just seems a little tired. Right? The, the idea that I'm fighting my mirror verse self just, I mean, you know, for those of us who do a Star Trek Discovery pod, <laughs> I'm exhausted with that concept at the moment. So I'm, I'm hoping for something slightly more unique. Um, and I think that would be more fun, more engaging. So I'm, I'm kind of going with this is slightly different um, than just a reincarnation of Loki as a, in a different form. The, I mean, the characters meeting different versions of themselves and fighting themselves is something we've seen a lot just in the MCU over the past like decade, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we just saw it with Vision, right? We literally we just, saw, just saw it with we Vision. We just saw it with Vision. We saw it in uh, Endgame with Cap meets his, his previous self. We saw it. This, these are just a few examples. We saw it in... Uh, sorry, my, my rabbit is trying to chew my cord. Okay. We saw it in um, 
even if is that it, what you a, call it, Mike? It, yeah, sorry. In another way, we saw it with Black Panther because at the end of Black Panther, we had two guys in Black Panther suits who were kind of the same but opposites fighting each other. You know, so you see that a lot in the MCU. But um, that being said, I'm not tired of it. I think it's a cool concept. Well, we we do see there's you know other things that are distinguishing this uh, quote unquote Loki from our Loki. Uh, she seems to have this ability that kind of reminds me of um, the movie, like It Follows or Fallen, where she can kind of tap and possess other people to control them. Um, we, we saw Loki do this to an extent when he had the uh, the staff in Avengers. He control Hawkeye, but he couldn't do it himself. Um, this Loki seems to have other powers, also other other motivations and concerns, and. Uh, she almost like looks she seems to look down at uh, the the cheapness and, and childishness of of Loki's ambition to uh, instead of take over Asgard. It, it's now just switched to uh, I'm going to take over the TVA. And she's like, oh, you're, you're going to try and take over the TVA. And he's like, what? No, no, I'm not. But that's like 100 percent. That, that's as much <laughs> as he thought. <laughs> and uh, in a way, it's kind of endearing that our our Loki still just kind of has these predictable ambitions i guess yeah the constant like undercutting of loki's like nefarious ambitions is a good through line in this show it's like at the beginning when he's like i'll rule everything and 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 uh mobius is like why makes him double think that and mobius makes so much sense which makes me right there that's when i started thinking oh so mobius is loki uh, we're getting some cool comments from over here. Uh, Takako says, Nerdist pointed out that one of the translation credits called her Sylvie, not the variant. Uh, Angeli Bur- uh, Bourgeois uh, uh, says, the line where Loki says something like, I wouldn't treat myself like this, makes me think she isn't a Loki variant. Um, Will says, Sylvie m- might make her the Enchantress. And uh, Tim says, I think the core power she uses kind of supports that idea of uh, being Enchantress. So interesting uh, that, yeah, we're not really sure. In, in fact, it it makes it a little bit more curious why Mobius would have been so confident that this is a Loki. Uh, is it the horns? Or uh, is she calling herself Loki? <laughs> and uh, they already knew this. Um I'm I'm not going to let go how you just kind of swept right past me saying, "Oh yeah, um Mobius is Loki." You still you still think Mobius is Loki? Yeah, of course. Another variant? Do you think all of them that we've seen are all Lokis? Everyone in the TVA? No. <laughs> why why no, but th- I I I think it would just make some great great emotional sense for for Mobius to be Loki. Uh Mobius to somehow be Loki who ended up in the TVA, tried to take it over, decided I'm gonna work here, became an older guy, changed his appearance to, to look more in line with the TVA, and then is chasing this other version of himself who is a copycat and knows that, okay, the only person I can really trust is the me that came uh, into the TVA when I was younger. So he goes back in time, fishes little Lo- our Loki, or Tom Hiddleston Loki, um, in, uh, out of the TVA into his version of the TVA. Sorry, follow me. And then he just uses him to to help him catch this variant Loki. And it's going to be amazing when t- 
our Tom Hiddleston Loki finds out that that's actually him and that's his future. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to happen. I, I love this. I love this theory. I think it's great. I, it seems like they're leaning more towards like the TVAL being a hoax, though, right? I mean, that's the other big thing that I think like they spend so much time like establishing these rules about it, right? And then maybe that's because they want to overturn them later. And if you like really understand it, that'll like be more meaningful. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if they would do like the two. I feel like it'd be one or the other, right? You know what I mean? I'm with Will. I think, um, I mean, Mike, your conspiracy theory is deep in the well, but actually in some sense kind of brilliant. Um, I, I look for the emotional payoff, and I think if I'm invested in Loki, like that would be such an emotional payoff. I don't know about all the other stuff. But, I, but that being said, I'm going to take the easy route and go with Will. I think <laughs> simplicity for, stan, stan, for, for sake, um, it really is. It's kind of a hoax. This whole timekeepers, time masters things is kind of weird, kind of a hoax, and it's going to unravel at the end. But what would what, what, uh, would a place in space and time that is a hoax be able to use the um, the stones as paperweights? Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. uh, I, well, I, I mean, I, I was already touching on what I think this place is mm -hmm. um, last week in that uh, we are we are in a realm that exists in the quantum verse, which we're going to probably explore more in the third Ant-Man movie, Quantumania. Um, we, we saw a glimpse of this when Ant-Man got trapped in the quantum verse and he's, uh, and he and, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character, uh, they saw that little kind of bubble land. And I think that bubble land is actually where the TVA is. Um, I think that we're going to see King the Conqueror, uh, is one of the quote unquote timekeepers who has, um, taken and controlled and created this little pocket uh universe uh, of people trapped in the, the quantum quantum verse that he's he's making them for his own purposes cut off and control certain timelines which allows him to uh, uh, uh stop other branches that which allows him to somehow um uh hold and maintain more power over the timelines that he does control mm -hmm. um if, if there's less branching ones, there's less that he has to go out and also conquer. Um, so the TVA is doing more work for him of, of minimizing additional realms he'd have to go and uh, pull into his, his control. Um, but but you're making, I think what we've we've seen from the past two shows, you're if we're going to pull from that, you're making a mistake because you're you're thinking a big part of this show is going to feed in to the movies and the rest of the Marvel Marvel universe in a big way and set stuff up. And we see none of that is really true with these, these smaller shows in terms of like theory ideas, right? No, no, no. Because all of a sudden this is going to make the X-Men happen. No, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to also go that way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's possible it's wrong, but uh, I do think that um, it seemed that Ant-Man, when he was in the quantum space, he was protected from the ramifications of um, the the Infinity Stones. They don't work on that level. So if right. they're taking those those stones and they're bringing it into the quantum realm, yeah, they also just don't work there. And that's why they're paperweights. Right. Um, that's just a possibility. I'm not sure. Uh, complete, complete speculation there. Um, the... Uh, Chekhov's jet ski. <laughs> Let's talk about that. 
It, it, can't you just wait to the final episode where Loki realizes that he is Morbius, and then he takes him to Lake Tahoe and gives him a jet ski and cries as Mo- as Morbius just enjoys his life on the jet ski and then somehow dies. Like it's it, going to be amazing. It's going to be one of those scenes where they're on a boat and he has to kill Mobius, and like he's he's holding a gun to him and he's like, "Please, man, please let me at least just ride that jet ski right by the boat." off into the sunset and he's like do it man do it brother he gets on the jet ski and then loki still holds that gun shaking and mm-hmm. shoots him as he's he's riding off on the jet ski that, that comes right after they jump out of the airplane together yeah. i just I, <laughs> to me i couldn't it is all point break um i couldn't understand why if they figured out that there's no variant energy if you go to a place that's doomed wouldn't the very next thing you do was go and get on a jet ski I mean, you now have a place where you can go and do whatever you want. Like, go nuts. Like, the very next thing I would have done was been like, we, we get some jet skis. I mean, not a lot of waves in Pompeii, though. I mean, yeah. not Pompeii, but like, I bet you there were some killer waves at the rocks cart. The rocks cart, <laughs> yeah. That's right, right? I, it was like a flood event. Yeah, I yeah. mean, who puts a, a big box store right on the water? I mean, they knew it was like a waste of great real estate to me. No, they didn't put it on the water. What was happening was there was like insane tsunami floods, right? Mm -hmm. It's a category eight hurricane. Uh, And it was a category 10 apocalyptic event. Right. They said that uh, I think they listed um, Ragnarok as a category seven or something. So whatever was going over at Roxcart was a category 10. It was going to be like just much worse devastation. That, that might just be because there's only like 20,000 people in Asgard and on yeah. Earth there's like billions, you know? Right, right. Uh, we, you know, we're introduced to this Loki and we have to kind of remind ourselves that, that this Loki isn't the same Loki that we um, left with from... Um, the events of Ragnarok and the events of um, him sacrificing himself at, uh, in the beginning of Endgame. This is a Loki that, uh, you know, was a scumbag. He's, he's evil. Um, so the, the moments we're seeing where in the last episode, he's, he's choking up and he's emotional about his mother's death. And then him looking through the files this week uh, and seeing the events of Ragnarok, which, uh, an, another quick little Easter egg. I think they they even mentioned the Revengers in that file. <laughs> um, but when he's reading uh, about that, you you can see how um, just seeing th- that those events and the devastation of of his homeland, what he you know he sought to conquer, but he still loved. Um, it, it, these moments are endearing. I think uh, at least to me uh, of of seeing this kind of growth for Loki to see that as much as he puts up this 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 posturing this exterior that he's a bad guy and he does he rips people's eyes all the time let's not forget he's a bad guy um bad there's dude. softening that that keeps happening here um as the writers are 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 taking that version of of loki and bringing him to the version of loki that we kind of at least for my part loved and were rooting for i agree i think they did a really smart thing in the first episode where they kind of broke down Loki's psyche and he admitted that a lot, all of that is posturing because he's weak and you need to seem terrorizing and evil 
when you're weak so you can control stronger people. And he broke to, and I believed him. And if that's true, um, you know, under that veneer, there's a good person there. And I think they set that up. And I think that's kind of why we're seeing a Loki in this episode, the second episode after that, that admission that, yeah, he's, he's tricksy and he's clever and he's trying to get his own way. And he got away at the end here, but also in the end, he's, he's probably going to do the right thing. See, I'm not so sure. And the reason why I'm not so sure is because I'm trying to look at the long term development of this character and what do they want Loki to be in the next theoretical Avengers movie, Sex. right? Well, I mean, he's Tom Hiddleston, so that, that goes without saying. So the issue, though, is Loki's a bad guy. He's a villain, right? And so it, I, I wonder if we're going to – they're lulling us into this false sense of security where we think, oh, wow, yes – He's cuddly and warm and he's going to do the right thing. But in the end, he's going to go back to being Loki and being the foil, the villain, the trickster. So that when we leave this MCU TV show verse, we're back on track with who he is in the cinematic movie kind of realm. Maybe, but I think like, what do you guys think? Is this, is this Loki's end game, this show, or is this like, setting up Loki to come back in the MCU verse in full. I he's think it in good. He's been in a lot of stuff at this point. I mean, I don't know. I haven't read any meta commentary from Tom Hiddleston or anything, but I could definitely see him being sick of being Loki and, you know, going out with his own TV mini mini series, like blaze of glory style. Yeah. But also why would you be sick of that? Like having, a great time. Everybody loves you. You play a really fun character that chews the scenery. Probably make millions of dollars. Like, seems like a dream gig too, right? I mean, I mean this, it doesn't seem to be holding him back from other great roles. He seems no. to also do other cool. little TV shows here or there and pick up some other great movies. And this is probably the most intensive uh, element that he's had to do. But he gets his own kind of spotlight show. And it's only six episodes. It it seems like a, a pretty decent gig, I would think. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say if you think about the Avengers movies in in total, you've got a lot of stars on there, right? So Tom is not exactly at the top of the call sheet, right? He's he's a little further down the call sheet, and in fact, when you think about it, he's probably on set fewer times than uh, you know Robert Downey Jr., right? So. I, I'm looking at this and going, this is probably a pretty decent gig for him. He shows up, he shoots a few scenes, he does some stuff, he has some fun. Like, I don't know the guy, so I could be way off. But also, now he has his own show, right? I think this uh, is a cool gig. I'd like to see more of it. And let me say, I actually enjoyed it, right? Like, it does feel like a, it, it's it's a, a bit more comedy, buddy cop, X-Files-ish kind of show. It's like if X-Files was a comedy with a little bit of, ma like, I mean, it has magic. So if X-Files was a comedy, this is kind of what you get. And I kind of like it. There's a great comment here from Rich Murphy. Uh, he says, I think that it might be a reinvention. Tom Hilson as Loki might be done. So this might be the, you know, 
the swan song for for Tom Hiddleston as Loki, but this may be a setup for Kid Loki, which does track with what we've been seeing from the other two shows thus far. We have um, the kids of Wanda and Vision, um, uh, Speedster and Doctor Strange Jr., or whatever they are. I don't remember their names. Um, and then we also have um, the the one kid who uh, in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, Isaiah Bradley's nephew. Yeah, yeah his, uh, um, mm-hmm. or his grandson. I remember what. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. um, he would also be a part of the the Young Avengers. So it does seem like they're they're setting in place a lot of these characters. Um, you're gonna have um, the protege in the new Hawkeye show coming up as well. Right. And Miss uh, Marvel. And Miss Marvel. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, they they are setting in place a lot of them. And a kid Loki could be an interesting idea if um, he he takes this shape shifting route that direction. I don't know. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I mean, it's a, a whole new generation of reinvention of characters that we've come to know and love. But it gives it a whole new generation. That can it be makes fun. Per- it makes yeah. perfect sense. They're doing the same with the, the the Black Widow movie. They're introducing Natasha's sister, who is also a Black Widow. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, it doesn't. Uh, people are calling this Kid Loki. Are we going to see Kid Loki show up? Probably, but he'll probably what Marvel is setting up more is like you know, twenty uh, something Loki, right? It's Instead also forty something it- Tom Hiddleston. It's also cheaper, man. Like you got to think about it. At some yeah. point, what do you have to pay yeah. the A team to be in this Marvel movie, right? Yeah, like, it makes sense long term. I right? mean, Scar- Scarlett Johansson alone, like that's got to break the bank just a little bit. Robert Downey Jr., <laughs> come on. Like yeah. Chris Evans, you. I mean, I hate to say it, and hopefully he'll never listen to the show, but you pretty much made Chris Evans, right? And now you got to pay him. Don't say that. Uh, he's a big fan <laughs> of the show. <laughs> he's on the he's on the live chat right now. Actually. Yeah. Oh man. See. Yeah. Uh, I was just joking. I was kidding. We got a, we got a comment uh, here from from uh, Chris Pratt. that says, uh, uh, "Idlone says uh, the kids of Loki and female Loki," which I gotta say, um, that's a bit <laughs> too far, you man. That's you too far. Think, <laughs> you don't think Loki would take a chance to too far a girl version of himself? Come on. <laughs> Of course he would a thousand times. Yeah, but the kids that's is this is this thing with Thrones? That's just your DNA twice, man. I don't know. <laughs> um <laughs> moving on. Uh please. No, more the, the kid Loki and female. The relationship the, the more baby Loki's. <laughs> We're moving on. We gotta move on. Uh the relationship between uh Mobius and Loki in this episode, I think uh it, it, it strengthens and it, it becomes a little bit more of a, of a mutual respect, especially once they start working on the documents together and they're like going back and forth. There's a cute, if, if maybe a little bit um, overplayed sequence about the Asgardian salad. Oh, um, but I, I think one of those things works, it works even better because of the fact that sure. Loki's making a point. Um, about the salad uh, and using it as a metaphor, but he also distinctly knows he's fucking <laughs> with Mobius when he's messing up his salad, and so it going a little a hair too long, and then him just pouring juice on it. This is his, him being like, "I'm trying to explain something to you." 
but I also want to mess with you. And it's also the writers trolling us. Like, I know somebody out there is like, what does this salad mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> could, could, uh, could Mobius get a bigger salad? I mean, that, that really was not lunch, man. No, I'm just saying, if, you, if you're going to eat lunch, you're upset over a side salad. <laughs> right? But yes, that's true. But you're right, Grant. Like the the vibe between these two guys turning into more of a buddy cop thing is is pretty infectious. And and these two are working together really well. And I, I really like I really like how they're opposites. But also, I like how it's not just Loki trolling Mobius the whole time because Mobius is pretty sharp and really smart. And even though he's kind of like. Seems like he's kind of at the end of this ro- his rope and kind of a guy who's been stuck in his job for too long. Um, he also seems to know what's going on with Loki emotionally on a, on a pretty deep level. Right. And it's not only, I, I mean, it's because he is Loki, obviously, but they kind of have almost a father-son or big brother-younger brother relationship. The salad uh, is not Mephisto, but it is. <laughs> There, there was an interesting thing I read about um, the Jasa soda that Mobius is drinking, as well as the Boku juice that Loki takes and dumps on the salad. These were both um, shortly lived, discontinued uh, food items that really did exist. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it was suggested that like a lot of the foods that they're using in the TVA are these discontinued foods, which maybe might ask the question, did they go into failed timelines before they eradicated them and loaded up on these aberration foods that were existing in these these uh, timelines? I didn't see any farmland. I didn't see a sun. I just saw a big city. Like they need to get their food from somewhere. Yeah, True. right. Yeah, so they must be, uh, you know, going in there and being like, ah, oh, this timeline's messed up. But let's let's get all this. Um, uh, sh- I was going to uh, sir, Let's get a bunch of slice. Let's get a bunch of slice. Tab. Tab. Now, that um, makes sense. I, if it's like a clever background thing, that's brilliant. If it plays into something, because like that soda that he that he's drinking, isn't it? Wasn't it like, uh, didn't it come out in the 90s? Yeah. It was like and, a Pepsi and, thing. And he's but, talking about how the jet skis also came about in the 90s. Right. And it's just like, like the like Matrix. Me, Mobius loves the 90s. Which is cool, yeah. you know? Well, it's like in the Matrix, that was the 90s was the height of human civilization. <laughs> that you is know? true. It was so true. I mean, the 90s was the height of human civilization. Yeah. I've got to say. It's, it's been so all true. downhill since then. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's a poster also in the break room that says, the timeline won't wait for seconds. Um, <laughs> you know, funny pun, but uh, will. Well, you and I uh, used to work together in, in our own little cubicle farm, and I just gotta say, uh, fuck that shit. If I saw a poster like that, that is just demoralizing. Um, but also, we both used to eat our lunch in fifteen minutes because we were paid hourly, and we wanted to get out of there as soon as possible. Yes, but I remember, I remember once walking to the exit door um, of our office. To leave for the day and there, there someone had put up a new little sign on there that said um the day might not have been good but there's good in every day and i was just like who would put that there as a motivation poster that's so awful 
Mephisto would. <laughs> Mephisto or the timekeepers, whoever these awful people are. So yeah, that that, that makes me want to return to this topic. Um, uh, are the are are the timekeepers real? Um, and if and are they evil? Um, Clyde, what do you think? What do you think of the TVA or the timekeepers in particular? I don't think the timekeepers are real. Um, I, I think it is a Wizard of Oz-esque hoax, right? Pay no attention to this shroud over here that we're making up. That's why it's, they're so busy. Nope, you can't see them. I didn't say you could see them. I, I don't think that they're real. I, th I think there's something else going on. There's a, a machine behind the curtain. Um and it's this illusion to keep the TVA, whatever that is, kind of trucking along and doing its thing rather than being three all-knowing, powerful beings who control the sacred timeline. Will, what do you think? I agree with Clyde. I definitely, that's this, especially the scene where Mobius is meeting the Judge Rav Ravana, I believe is her, the character's name. I, she just seems like she's hiding something when he's like, when am I going to get to meet these timekeepers? I mean, he's promising a meeting with the timekeepers to Loki, but he hasn't gotten one himself. And it sounds like he grew up in the TVA, or at least he, that's all he remembers. Uh, I definitely think that it's all something else is going on for sure. Um, yeah, we, you know, we, we see the, we see the statue of one of the timekeepers, which, uh, by the way, do you guys kind of get some like Doctor Doom vibes here? <laughs> like sure. with this? Yeah. Um, but we were talking last week about the idea that one of them in the animation, this particular character, looks kind of like King the Conqueror. It had a, a a blue face with kind of the the dome over top of the head, and and um, Timekeeper King the Conqueror. There's a lot of suggestion. In fact, uh, they've already cast. Um, the the lead actor to play Kang in the MCU. Um, the idea that he might be involved here as one of the the timekeepers, I, I think, is an interesting concept. But if if it is all kind of of smoke and mirrors and and manipulation of of people, and they don't really have the control that they're claiming, it. It will still, I think, require quite a bit of uh, more exposition and explanation for us, the audience, for us to kind of get on board with whatever this is, whatever's going on here. I think the uh, the TVA is such a great engine for storytelling. They can they can zap themselves anywhere in time in the world, and then solve a case or a mystery, and then there's a mystery about them themselves. It's such a cool thing. So. I think if the TV, I think the TVA should continue in the MCU, either with another season of Loki or just popping up here and there as needed in other MCU properties. So I think it, I hope it stays, but the, what the origin of it is, uh, we're definitely, the show is not, not showing all its cards yet. No, I, I like the, the TVA as a, you know, it's it's almost and I'm getting vibes from all of the Marvel shows like this, but it's it's almost like if you said, hey, what would a Marvel version of The Office look like? 
Yeah. And let's do that. And it's kind of like, okay. So it's, it's kind of fun. And, and I think that what Marvel and the MCU needs is a few more kind of comedic elements, not to, to, you know, I, I don't know how much you can depend a whole, whole show on it, but I can imagine a reference here or there, um, you know, in another Marvel show or Marvel movies to the TVA, especially that guy who's just getting like his his juice box taken and Eugene you know, Cordero. <laughs> yes, he's just like he's he's kind of funny, and he reminds me of the guy in WandaVision who just was kind of the cop that was always trying to help, but always just, you know, you know, behind. who else remind you of Clyde, who, uh, who? Rutherford from. Yes. Cause that's his voice. It's Rutherford. That's yes. Yeah. That's Rutherford. So <laughs> it's a um, boy. Boy. boy, but yeah, it's, yeah. it is that kind of that's silly right. comedy kind of um, that's nice to have, you know, my wife struggles with some of the Marvel stuff because the fight scenes can be so long. And she's like, okay, <laughs> these little bits of pieces of comedy to break up the drama and the action, I think are really w- needed. Yeah. Um, and so I hope, it, I hope they do continue. Well, real quick, before we move on, just want to mention Will, Mor- Will Morris is comparing the TVA to the Adjustment Bureau, which is a Philip K. Dick novel, but it was also made into a great movie with Emily Blunt and Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very much like the TVA, but Funny. great movie. I just want to say, <laughs> everybody watch the Adjustment Bureau. I think it's free on Hulu. Uh, speaking of this Will Morris guy, he also said this. I think the timekeepers were real, but have since been secretly eliminated by Ravana's boy toy. Um I, I, I don't know necessarily about that theory being, you know, dead on, but I do think there was something interesting in uh, Ravana mentioning that she had this other guy, um, yeah. this kind of, uh, what did you call him, like an accountant or something like that? An agent. Another agent. agent. Um, yeah, that has proved like very valuable, but it's like the secret kind of aside. It reminded me of um, uh, in WandaVision when um, Agent, uh, what's his name? Magic. <laughs> Agent Magic. Uh, I forget the actor's name. Yes. Um, he, he mentioned that he had a, a science buddy who was going to come help, and everyone's like, oh, is it Reed Richards? Who is this? Mm-hmm. And you know, she's she's now dropped uh, this other character and didn't really elaborate on who it is. And the, this is just rife for us to kind of speculate on on who John, it is. John Kelling says it's Agent Ralph Boner. Uh, <laughs> well, I I think it's interesting that we see at the very end she picks up a like the timekeeper sticky thing and. Mm-hmm disappears to somewhere right now we see the other agents go through these portal doors but we don't see her so my question was where the hell did she go oh wait did she ghost like into a different direction i must have missed this scene uh when when the shit was going down and everything was branching off at the end yeah uh, didn't she she grabbed a a melty stick yep and walked out of her office yeah Yeah. like like Uh, ran like i'm uh, like with with purpose she was moving with purpose I what? What if she's actually one of the timekeepers, and one of her great tricks is uh, claiming that other people over here are the timekeepers? Mm-hmm. I can uh, see that. Yeah, I'm just a middleman. 
but she's actually the one who's running running things and it's easier to not be the person at the top when technically you when you actually are um because then people don't treat you that way yeah you don't have to sign autographs or answer emails you just get to <laughs> be the other guy or the other person i see what you uh, going there grant we have a, a couple other scenes I wanted to discuss. Um, one was the scene with Pompey. You know, they, they get this little uh, chance to have this in a side and uh, they go to Pompey. What'd you guys think? Um, Will, what would you think of that scene? Okay, this is very nitpicky. But the, the thing that the critique I have for that scene is Loki's like, oh, I speak Italian. They're not speaking Italian, right? They're speaking Latin. And then that was all I could think about for the rest of that scene. Like, is he speaking Italian or Latin? And it just totally took me out of the whole thing. Hmm. Done. <laughs> Clyde, what did you think of that scene? One of my favorite scenes in the entire episode. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. I just, I mean, was it a great scene? I don't know if it was a great scene, but it was funny. I mean, I had like... It was one of those things where it was like, what is he going to do? Like, I was thinking, the minute he was like, be easy, go light. I was like, of course he won't. And then when he said, he let the goats free and said, be free, my horny little friends. I mean, I almost <laughs> died laughing. And so everything, at, like, he's dancing around and he's saying, you're all going to die. Like, to me, it was hilarious. Um, for yeah. nothing other than just, I think I thought it was funny. I thought it was a great scene, and then I had to think of like this is a moment where we've all read about Pompeii in history books and talked about how people died so fast that they immediately turned to ash. They got to watch that. The only thing I had questions about was how did they get out? Because the last thing we saw was it looked like Loki was dead. <laughs> So I just kind of wanted to know how did they get out? But other than that, well, I thought it was hilarious. He has his magic, right? When they leave yeah. the TVA. So create a Loki bubble or whatever. Oh, I thought that scene. Do if both of them are Lokis. Yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> I thought that scene was super funny. It was another example to show like doing story and plot exposition. Like we had to explain more about how the apocalypse thing works and we can create all kinds of chaos and no variants will happen, right? They just had to illustrate that again. And but they did it in a really fun, entertaining way. So if if there's one thing this show knows how to do is to deliver exposition and the really with really fun, goofy scenes that are super enter entertaining. I, I like the comments talking about how uh the set looked cheap and reminded them of like a like a Doctor Who set. <laughs> this this show out of all of them, um does feel like a TV show, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I know it looks great, um, but it doesn't have like the end game budget. It, 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 it does feel like a TV show, um, but I don't mind that. I mean, I, I think that when we see um, all the interiors of the building, there's, there's, there's times where it's tight and claustrophobic and dim. Right. The lights are all down, and so it's kind of hard to see. But there's other right. times where they'll open up, like with the big elevator scene and stuff like that, and that's kind of cool looking. I think it's just that I've seen that elevator in so many movies. Yeah, it, it's like a Marriott in Atlanta, right? Is yeah, that what it is? Okay. that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you're right, I guess. But it's, uh, it looks amazing, though. Still this good. episode in particular also felt like a TV. 
like a like a classic TV show because it's really following the the whole like buddy cop kind of formula. It's mm-hmm. it's something very familiar to us with any sort of uh you know duo that teams up to investigate something and uh, they start working together, which it felt. I would say that this episode was setting us up for it to be the the formulaic structure that we might see for the next few episodes until the very end when we see Loki make the decision to jump through the portal to follow Lady Loki. And yeah. that was an interesting uh, turn for the character because um, we don't know. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you have kind of an opinion on whether or not he's doing this in service to the TVA in service to him getting to the bottom of this, in service to him just having an escape and maybe having a better collaborative partner than Mobius, Would he wants t- to get. He wants to know, right? He wants to know mm-hmm. what's what. He wants to get to the bottom of it for himself, but also she has he, the answers. <laughs> what's that? And she has the answers. Yes, she has the answers, but also like the TVA is Loki's only anchor in the universe now, so I don't think he's going to completely abandon them. Yeah, I. I kind of look at this and go, Loki isn't a character who is very loyal or has ever been. And so his his motivations are always centered around his own objective, right? Now, he can be your buddy cop with Mobius as long as Mobius is pulling the strings to get so that Loki can get what he wants, which at this point up until now was this this idea of an audience with the, with the timekeepers. Now he's at a point where he's like, well, what's behind this door? What is, you know, g- you know, female Loki doing, right? And Lady Loki, what is what are they up to? And so he's like, all right, I've got to go and I'm I'm going to jump in. And the truth of the matter is Whoever offers Loki the best way to to get what he wants, that's the side he's ultimately going to be on. And I don't think he's truly made that decision yet. No. He loves the TVA. Not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know he doesn't know what he's going to do, but he's going to do anything that gives him the most freedom. You know, I mean, staying with the TVA, he knew how that might play out. He gets vaporized. Like I would have probably jumped through that door too, because at least you know this is supposedly another version of me. You know, is am I really going to let myself be vaporized? Like, you know, she's probably going somewhere cool. It, I mean, that's a good point. Like, with the TVA hasn't earned the loyalty of Loki. In fact, they've done most of their stuff under threat. To him and under uh, degradation, humiliation, wear this variant jacket while we all laugh at you. Uh, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have any reason to have any loyalty to any of them, except maybe uh, a degree of mutual respect between him and and Mobius. So, yeah, he had every motivation to jump through there and almost none to stick around with uh, with Mobius. Well, it's not just Mobius. It's the the female time cop who constantly thinks that he's about to do something underhanded. And in this situation, he did all the right things, but they're looking at him like he did all the wrong things. Mm-hmm. I, I completely understood why he jumped to that portal. Sure. Yeah. Uh, my last question for you guys is, what is 
Lady Loki doing? What what is her what's her plan here? It it seems that she set up she went and jumped into all these different timelines where she knew the TVA was going to show up and she started assaulting them, attacking them so that she could collect all of these different canisters. These canisters she then took into this one apocalyptic event and programmed them all to correspond to different locations that she seems to, I, I don't know how this works. It seems like she's timing them to drop into different locations and then um, break timelines all over the place for all of these to make it so that there's too many simultaneous events in too many different places that the TVA can't control to force the red line and force uh, the fracturing of timelines. But what's the goal there? Well, maybe she's trying to stop the end of the world, the end of the, of the universe, because I almost said it. I didn't say it, Nicole. What is her end game? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think right. she's trying, maybe trying to stop the end game because um, Moby has told us that the timekeepers are locked away trying to figure out the ending. And once they figure it out, everything disappears, right? Mm -hmm. That it's going to be a lot harder to do. If there's a million different variant time threads that Lady Loki caused. So maybe she's just trying to prolong that, make more work for them because she doesn't want the world to end because it's going to end soon. I well, think oh, go, ahead. go ahead, Will. I think she's got a plan. There's something she wants to accomplish and she couldn't accomplish it unless the TVA was distracted. So she set off all right. those bombs to totally distract them. And then now she can do whatever she wanted to do before that she wasn't able to do. Mm. See, I think that Lady Loki is the hero. And here's why. Um, when you think of time, right, what we've always known is that there are all these mirror verses that splinter off based on decisions that you make, right? That is how in Star Trek we get the, you know, Terran verse, the, the Terra mirror verse, right? It's like, what if something happened? There, and, you know, if you've, if you've, you know, watched sliders at all, there are a million possibilities. Well, here, what we've been told is that's bad. And what you need is one timeline and to keep that timeline holistic. Well, when she set off that, that bomb, all of a sudden, it went back to what we, as sci-fi nerds, know is actually correct, right? Based on every other sci-fi franchise mm -hmm. in the history of time, you've got these mirror verses. So I, I, my, my thought is what she's out to do is to restore the true nature of the timeline. That makes a lot of sense because if a, if the timekeeper's job is to rein in all these variants and keep one clean, clean timeline, what they're really doing is killing people, right? Mm -hmm. To make sure that the timeline doesn't spread. They're, they're doing a, an odd form of sci-fi genocide and that just spells bad, right? That spells bad guy. So yeah, maybe she's a good guy. That's I like it. Yeah, that's a and not to mention the the images of the timekeepers. Man, there's nothing heroic about those cats. <laughs> they sus. <laughs> They're very sus. Yeah, so I, I think that's what we're now going to be keeping an eye on. Are are we seeing more and more evidence that the TVA is 
this weirdly fascist controlling entity that's trying to uh yeah um eliminate the possibility uh, of these these multiple timelines where maybe it's not evil <laughs> maybe maybe this is evidence that the timekeepers are are the villains and i wonder if what we just saw happen is the impetus for um uh, Doctor Strange into the uh, multiverse of madness and uh, subsequent events that are going to occur. I mean, it, it wouldn't necessarily mean that Doctor Strange has to reference, uh, Doctor Strange 2 has to reference the events of the TVA. It's just now the multiverse is back and flourishing as of this episode. And, and with that come a new host of problems that Doctor Strange will have to uh, address in protecting the 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 sanctums uh, yeah. on earth maybe yeah, I, I don't know i think that's what we're looking at yeah yeah um could be interesting guys uh this this could have some great ramifications here uh any closing thoughts from you guys before we wrap things up here closing thoughts on episode two mike um, I'm, I'm super pumped to see more, uh, a deeper side of Lady Loki. I, I want to see what this character is all about and not just to find out like who she is. Like, is, is she this other character, like the, the sorceress or the enchantress? Sure. I don't care. I just want to know more about the character because they hired a, a really great actor to play the character and it's going to mean something to Loki. Right. So I, I want to just explore that character more. And it seems like a character they're setting up to continue on in the MCU. So, yeah, more of that character. Yeah. Um, Clyde, what are your closing thoughts on this? You know, I think there's a lot more to come. We're in episode two, so we're just scratching the surface. But something that Will Moore said in the chat earlier was that you don't bring in Gugu for this little bitty role. Like, yeah. that's that's a waste of money um and and talent and so there's a lot more to come that that we haven't even seen a glimpse of so i'm excited i'm tuning in on wednesday to check this out again interesting it's kind of like when we saw um katherine hahn pop up and we we're like no nah, she's not simply just the neighbor guys nope. no that's nope. not yet. uh will what about you yeah i'm excited to see where this goes i'm hoping for lots of timeline shenanigans and confusing reveals and you know i just want generally it to be weird and i hope it doesn't end in a big disappointing superhero fight yeah you know one of the things i keep thinking back to now that we know the um that this tva has been operating in the shadows we don't know really for how long but it it exists and it's doing this right now um I, I think back to the events of Infinity War when Doctor Strange is like, hey, I'm going to sift through um, the, all the, the possible um, future timelines to figure out what might be our course of action with uh, Thanos. And so he's, he's you know, meditating and jumping through them. How does that work if those timelines can't splinter off because the TVA exists? What was he sifting through? Because I always, I always imagined yeah. he was able to kind of um, envision jumping through different multiverse timelines, and that's what was going on there. 
Um, which, if that is the case, then maybe the TVA has only existed since after that point. And mm -hmm. we're looking at this TVA that is up and running, but it's actually really fresh. And all these people don't have, they have this like faux memory of how long they've been operating, or I don't know. Yeah, a, a mysterious entity that's all about controlling everything. That's us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very. I uh, grabbed a few uh, closing thoughts from our audience here. Eidlon says, I'm not sure alternate timelines are the same as alternate dimensions. Alternate mm -hmm. dimensions already exist with the dark dimension in Strange. Contradicts the sacred timeline shown in uh, Loki. Hmm. Okay. Um, Nicole Jackson says, I hope this show gets more interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not jiving for you. Uh, Will Morris says, closing thoughts a midweek MCU pod. Feels like it would have a lonely chat. Aw. We'll have to find out. This on the midweek? We'll find out. Well, we'll give it a shot. If no one tunes in on Wednesday, we will redo our exact same show back on Friday again. <laughs> just, <laughs> but, uh, just run I, I the hope, replay. I hope you guys uh, are able to kind of pop in and join us. Um, Rich Murphy says, I'm, I'm just here for the ride. I got nothing. Yeah, man. I'm, we're glad to have you all here for the ride. Uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up here, though. I want to say thank you so much to all of you viewers for joining us. Thank you, Will, for joining us. And, Will, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at William Cardini. All right. Um, Clyde, how about you? Where can people you, find you? Well, as always, you can find me at Clyde Haynes on Twitter. And you can also find me at www.keyandclyde.com. Um, and you can find me on our periodic off-season uh, Star Trek Discovery Pod. Um, and if you're a Patreon subscriber, you can find me in Slack. Yeah, there you go. Um, and thank you for joining us. Mike, where can people find you? Find me at Mike Moody Garcia on Twitter. Tweeting about MCU, tweeting, tweeting about Star Trek. Let's go. Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, Baron Von Grant if you want to find me. Otherwise, I'm here. I'm at MCU Pod. Uh, appreciate all of you guys uh, helping support us over at patreon.com slash MCU Pod. And, uh, you know, appreciate all the engagement on, on the live episodes. It was a lot of fun chatting with you about this show. I'm excited to continue next week. We'll give the experiment of, of shifting our day to talking on Wednesday. And uh, I know we'll at least see Nicole Jackson there. Yes. Uh, hope the rest of you guys can join us. Once again, that's going to be Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on YouTube.com slash MCU pod. Uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And uh, we appreciate all of you guys. We'll be back next week talking about episode three of Loki. And until then. <laughs>